Hello and welcome back to Conversations with the Mind. I'm your host as always, Shane Lamaster. First of all, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. It's because of you guys that our listenership continues to grow, so thank you very much. Um, the best way you can support this podcast is to always like and share our podcast. Um, social media has been really helpful in helping us spread this message to as many people as we can far and wide, and I've received comments back um, from people all over the world, and that's awesome. So please continue to do that. It's because of you guys and your own advocacy work and your you know your own pushing forth pushing forth these messages that we get it out. Um, so thank you. Um, you can also support the podcast by donating to it. I believe there's a donation uh, tab on uh, whatever podcast app you're looking for. Um, but we don't take any profit from this podcast. Uh, our goal is that when we hit um, the 40th episode, I'm going to use whatever money is donated to upgrade our audio systems, get some microphones, um, you know, kind of retrofit an area of my house for um, makeshift podcast studio, all to just bring you guys a clearer message and uh, to make these podcasts even even better for you. So um, thanks again to all you listeners. Please like and share. Um, as always, we're sponsored by MindOps. Uh, that's, you can find us at www.mind-ops.com. That's my private practice consulting and counseling company. Uh, we are an eclectic uh, company, so I take from a number of different psychological theories uh, that, I, that I like and that I find useful and sort of tailor um, my interventions and my approach based on the individual. So that's kind of what eclectic means. We're also mobile, so we, we like to go to wherever you're at to conduct sessions. Um, I find that conducting sessions in someone's natural environment uh, brings another element to that, that counseling experience and makes it much more effective. So we do that as well. Uh, we work with individuals, teams, groups, uh, military personnel, businessmen, um, you know, businesses in general bring us bring us in uh, for more corporate type stuff um, where our goal is really for uh, optimal human performance and I have a number of specialties that we work through sport and performance psychology addictions counseling uh, general psychotherapy for mental health issues and psychedelic integration therapies uh, we also offer teletherapy so if you're listening to us from outside of Colorado or the Fort Collins area we can do sessions through Skype so just go to the website www.mind-ops.com mindops.com and check it out uh, there's more descriptions online um, so past the sponsors section now to our good news section um, I found an awesome article today on the good news network and the title of the article reads another hero when garbage man refuses to flee wildfires so he can check on seniors along his route and this was an amazing story once I got into it. Um, if you guys are listening, what is what is today? Like uh, November 16th, 18th. November 18th. Um, and if you guys if you guys have heard, there's huge fires going on in California. Lots of people being evacuated. And uh, let's see, this was in Butte County, Cal California. A gentleman named Dane Ray Cummings was a, a garbage man who had been driving his route for a number of decades and knew where all the senior citizens lived on his route and um, braved the wildfires to, to take his garbage trucks on his normal route to, to go to these seniors' houses and see if anyone needed help. Um, and luckily he did because he found uh, a 90-something-year-old woman um, who had just had back surgery and she was unable to evacuate herself from her house. 
Um, so he loaded her in the truck and drove her five hours to safety. Um, and along the way, the article goes on to say that along the way, he got to know her backstory and found out that she was um, an eyewitness to Pearl Harbor. She had been a backup singer for the Rat Pack. Um, and, you know, all these awesome things. Um, Says she went hang gliding in her 70s. You know, she, she had this amazing life, and he actually was quoted saying, this is the driver saying this, he said, I wish I'd known her when she was younger. I would have married her. <laughs> so it was a pretty, pretty interesting story. I just loved how, um, you know, the bravery of this man, as public servant of, of the community, you know, took it upon himself to put himself in danger to, to help other people. And I think that we need to see more and more of that in our, in our culture, in our society. Um, if we're going to survive, um, you know, another hundred years, we need to see more of this stuff. So that's our good news story today. It's my, my little effort to try and spread some joy and some hope and some cheer in your life today because we are constantly bombarded with negative messages. Um, you know, I was working with a client today, and we, we talked about um, not just mindfulness around, you know, what you digest food-wise, but what are you digesting through your eyes? What are you digesting through your ears? What are you choosing to digest through your tactile sensations on a day-to-day basis? All these things um, really factor into our mindset day-to-day. And if we can pick and choose and be more mindful of the things that we want to digest, um, you know, the messages we watch on TV or or listen to, um, then we can be better people. And I'm hoping to put out uh, some good uh, ear candy for you today. So um, so today we have a very special guest, um, Simone Shepard. She's a longtime family friend, um, probably uh, one of the longest longtime family friends that I can remember. Um, I think I've known you for over 20-some years. Um, it's a longtime family friend, um, and I particularly wanted her on the podcast today. I thought that she has very... Um, interesting perspectives and very uh she's she's contemplated very deep um topics that interest me things like sobriety spirituality um facing mortality and our and our impermanence on this planet and her journeys through those uh those aspects of her life and where it has brought her today so uh, i want to welcome you simone thanks buddy yeah. i appreciate it i'm yeah. glad to be here thanks for being here um so i always start my podcast off with the same question for everybody and um, I've already explained to the audience sort of what conversations with the mind, that phrase, means to me. Um, so what does that mean to you when you hear the phrase, which is the title of the podcast, Conversations with the Mind? How does it resonate and what, what comes up for you? Um, what is your perspective on that phrase? My first perspective is a huge smile. I love the, the phrase. And primarily, it's a, uh, immediately it, it takes me to the word meditation. That's for me what meditation is about, is a conversation with my own mind, uh, taking myself and putting myself in different perspectives of self, meaning Mm -hmm. I put myself in the position of the observer Mm -hmm. or the one being observed. I put myself in different places so that I can understand what's happening in this brain of mine. Mm -hmm. And the next place it takes me, of course, is into connection and intimacy. So obviously not just with myself, but as we have this conversation that to me conversations of the mind are about connection it's mm-hmm. about connection and intimacy 
for me, it was like we were talking about with the good news story, which thank you. Mm -hmm. I love that story. Yeah, it's amazing. I would marry her too. Yeah. Um, dropping the old stuff and doing what's in front of you, like this driver did. I'm going to take my truck and go help people. That's dropping the old story of whatever he was into and being present in the moment as to what is happening with another human. Mm-hmm. That's what I wish for in my life more than anything and definitely more than ever is connectedness and intimacy. Dropping the it snowed today or the sun came out conversations, those are fun and nice and not my forte. Mm-hmm. Small talk uh, isn't it for me. Where it's at is dropping all that stuff and truly diving in to the soulful conversations mm-hmm. that's like beautiful. we're doing tonight. So that's really what it means to me. That's beautiful. Um, and you bring up a couple interesting, you know, concepts that we've unpacked on different episodes. I think we've talked a little bit about the observer mind, um, but this idea of you know having conversations with different aspects of self mm-hmm. or different perspectives. Um, I think to some of our audience members, um, that may seem completely foreign. Like, like I hear these oh. sort of conversations or, or voices in my head, but how do I? How do I take that position, right? It's just mm. a voice, right? Um, but in Buddhism, you know, it's actually called observer mind, you know. So we're removing ourselves from the perspective perspective of being caught up in the whirlwind of our thoughts and removing ourselves to just watching the thoughts as they happen, almost like you pull yourself out of this cloud to the to the blue sky that's always there mm-hmm. above. Mm-hmm. It's always above the storm. Mm-hmm. And then you get to watch it. Um, and see patterns and um, use what you learn um, to go into your life to improve relationships and strengthen intimacy and bring you closer with other people and with yourself too. Mm-hmm. So how do you, in meditation, how do you, how do you switch from um, one position to another position to another position? Sometimes very consciously and deliberately and other times in surrender. So... I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me in this practice, this practice of knowing myself, mm-hmm. is to be so very gentle and to be so very allowing and to not push that river at all, mm-hmm. but to truly stay with it. So, for, for example, this morning in my meditation... I was having a thought that I didn't uh, like, didn't feel good. It wasn't one of those thoughts that we all have them, right? It's a thought that you go, ew, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether it be anger, jealousy, anything that a person maybe associates with a yucky feeling Mm -hmm. versus I'm happy or joyful or blissed out. Irrelevant to the name of it. The point was I didn't like it. So what I did was it was a conscious decision to step out of it and say, who is to become the observer because I wanted to step out as the observer so I could understand why I was having the feeling and not necessarily even why, but what it was there for. Why is it here for me right now? Mm -hmm. Rarely do I have attachment to a feeling that would be a negative feeling that has anything to do with the now. Hmm. That's a big thing I'm learning for myself. Mm -hmm. When I step out in the observer mode and I look at it, I usually am able to say, oh, honey, 
that's okay. You can really let that go because that doesn't even stand today. It doesn't hold water. Mm. And then the person, the being, the feeling person in it says, really? I can let that go? Mm-hmm. To the observer, the observer says, oh, sure, sweetheart. You don't need that. And then it's gone, right? I can The person holding the, the feeling or the thought or the trauma, it's very good for my trauma work. It's a great way for me to not only uncover it, and discover it, but also discard it. Right. Yeah. So uh, that helps. Other no, times, absolutely. other times I can be, uh, my other place is to the surrender I described. So it's either, again, deliberate, very intentional decision to be in a certain position within my mind, or I go so deep into meditation that I can truly just let go of the wheel and surrender and let the mind do it all by itself. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's where, uh, other topics we can discuss tonight are even more helpful, yeah. uh, with medicine to meditate with because it definitely helps break that barrier. Yeah. So you're alluding to psychedelics Absolutely. and our, our shared interest in psychedelic yes. work. Um, and we talk about it quite frequently on this podcast. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this podcast is all about consciousness and, you know, the way our society, our, our society in particular is set up, um, you know, it's almost like there's a, a restriction from above, from the man saying you cannot, you're not allowed to explore your own consciousness. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. one, the one thing that is truly yours and no one else's can't be taken from you. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to explore it. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I hold very different, um, views on that, that we feel that that's a sacred piece of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, these psychedelic medicines, and that's really what they are, medicines, when used properly, they're medicines. Mm-hmm. They can be abused just like any other drug. They can be abused like coffee or food or food sugar. Or sugar, yes. But when used properly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, under the supervision of someone who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, they can be one of the best tools to explore consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. This infinite realm of inner space. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I just want to put that out there for, for our listeners that, you know... Um, psychedelics are not you know they, they get a bad rap they get a oh bad stigma um but if you've never tried them mm-hmm. um and you you've maybe been curious you know i don't necessarily advocate that everybody takes psychedelics but at least go research it go go look into some of the new work that they're doing uh, even locally here in fort collins uh, we're becoming a hub for psychedelic work like research mm-hmm. um our one of our mutual friends dr scott shannon over at the wholeness center mm-hmm. is uh one of the maps phase three mdma uh trial sites mm-hmm. um so they're doing great work over there with that he does uh, ketamine therapies um he does all sorts of different medicine work, uh, and there's communities around. If you if you go looking for them, you can find ayahuasca communities, mm-hmm. peyote communities, mm-hmm. um, very spiritual traditions that are rooted in tens of thousands of years of ceremonial shamanism. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, I think one of the biggest things that psychedelics teaches us that you know the government probably doesn't want us to know, and the pharmaceutical companies <laughs> don't want us Definitely to know. Definitely don't want us to know. Is that you can <clears throat> heal yourself? Yeah. You can heal anything, any malady that you have. Mm-hmm. You can heal from within. That's yes. how healing happens. Mm-hmm. Even when you go to a doctor, you know, you think that the doctor heals you, but he doesn't. In yeah. every capacity. And I think yeah. that you're absolutely correct. And it's so is whether it be psychologically, spiritually, physically, sexually, any uh, emotionally, any area, uh, financially even. Like every pocket of a person's life, every major heading, if right. you every will. Every domain, yeah. Um, 
we can absolutely as an individual human being heal ourselves. Do we need assistance? I am one who says yes. I am one who absolutely needs assistance. I need human assistance through guidance. Hello, I met Scott Shannon through you, mm -hmm. through a coffee conversation, mm -hmm. right? And talking about connectedness and spirituality and conversations of the mind over coffee and boom, I'm on this whole nother track with him. So there's a beautiful spiritual nudge. Mm -hmm. and, and for me, I am, my body works well with things that are natural. Mm -hmm. My journey with my health has been disastrous on the spectrum of things that aren't natural. <laughs> so that hasn't worked for me. Like Western medicine? Is yes. that what you mean? Okay. And, I, and it's not to, to disrespect Western medicine at all. I do believe there's a place for it. Mm -hmm. It has helped me in my journey to a degree. Mm -hmm. And there was a, there was a limit to it. There's sure. a line for it. And maybe not for everyone, but there definitely was for me. And that line for me was about healing myself. It was also about not putting anything inside of my body that I knew my body would not do well with. For example, even the most basic thing like stitches. I had never had stitches, not mm -hmm. really, mm -hmm. until this last year after having nine surgeries. After a cancer diagnosis, I had a lot of stitches. I don't, my body won't dissolve stitches because mm. they're not natural. If they use cat gut stitches, they will dissolve because mm. they come from something organic. So no way was I going to put other things in my body that were harmful, mm -hmm. such as Western medicine, cancer cures, radiation, rays, and chemotherapy drugs. So worst. So that was their recommendation for a stage three breast cancer diagnosis for me in January of 2017 and um, I said no. And it was an interesting journey because I met with many different Western medicine doctors who basically in a nutshell said, you're stupid, you're gonna die, and um, it'll be your fault. <laughs> basically, mm -hmm. That's what they were you know, saying. And I said, thanks, but no thanks, I don't believe that. I'm going to go. And it's not about mm -hmm. death. My body isn't about death or any of that. My body's about quality of life. Mm -hmm. I've been able to really come to a relationship with my body and my mind in a way that I never have before through this journey. Mm -hmm. And that is I never could, um, you know, the sayings, what, how's that saying go? We're not our body or we're not our feeling. There's all these different sayings about our bodies and how, they aren't basically aren't important in a way like we're not our body and right. reality is an illusion. Like all the things that these little quotes or quips. And I always wondered about my body and the reality of my body is I left my body as a young girl, uh, due to trauma. My meditation journey for the last 28 years has really been about, I'd like to be back in my body, but mm -hmm. I couldn't, I didn't know how to get in there. I was always on the to outside, reconnect. totally yeah. reconnect. I could see myself standing on the outside and never getting back into my skin. I didn't know how to get back in. If trauma threw me out, was it going to take a traumatic event to pop me back in? Right. And I will never know the answer to that. What I can say is that maybe uh, going into the twilight place 
during anesthesia a few times this last year helped. <laughs> I don't know. But I but my very last surgery, when I woke up from it, I was in my body. And it was the damnedest thing, Shane, because literally I was in my body looking out for the first time since I was two. Wow. You spent vast majority of your life totally disconnected. I spent 47 years outside of my body. And it would, you know... At least I was aware of it. I think most people who aren't in their bodies don't even know it. Sure. I know for a number of years I wasn't completely aware of that. Uh, Well, because I was too damn little when I jumped out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you had no... you had no basis to uh-huh. go off of, like no no anchor to go back to. None. It was just like, I, w- I know where I want to go, but I've never seen it. I've never felt it. I don't know what it's going to look like when I get there. Exactly. But then you describe like going to this twilight place. I've, I've had that too. Um, I've had lots of surgeries. Surgeries, I know. And the anesthesia sometimes puts me in an out-of-body experience where I see the surgery from like the view of the lights above the surgeons Mm -hmm. and I'll be watching them operate on me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've also been taken to what I just call like the other side or, Mm -hmm. or, um, taken beyond, um, this reality and, and been shown stuff. And as well as with psychedelic adventures too, and journeys, um, I feel like we blast ourselves out into the cosmos of consciousness. And then when we come back, um, you know, and this is not just me reporting this. This is one of the biggest um, reports from participants in the psilocybin trials and things like that. Is that when they come back, uh, the fear of death just almost fizzles away because you know we have confidence that there's something after. Mm-hmm. The transition is easier because we've finally we've been shown what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been shown where we will return to and where we came from, mm-hmm. and there's nothing to fear because this is just part of the process. Yeah. Interesting that people say that. It's um, I've not read or listened to a tremendous amount of feedback from people um, in psychedelic journeys, mm-hmm. except for, of course, those I've been in circle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons is I'm one who I just like to have my own experiences. Absolutely. You don't want it colored. I don't or want it colored. But, yeah, yeah, a framework. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and... So it's interesting you just said what you said. For me, I have never feared death. I have always had a deeper, more meaningful relationship with those who have already made that journey than I have with those here. What do you mean by that? Like once they've passed, you feel closer to those people than the people who are still alive? Yes. Okay. So there are connections just spiritually for me. For me, the other side, the elsewhere, the whatever you want to call it, beyond human form, has been more appealing, more real, more um, inviting to me throughout my life. Mm. And so I haven't... Uh, there have been times I've been at a hur- in a hurry <laughs> to get there because it sounds really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, what what psychedelic journeying for me? So I didn't have it did, I didn't have that remove the fear of death piece because that had been gone. Or I don't even know if I ever had it actually. But anyway, um, 
what it did though is it affirmed how I felt about exactly. it. Exactly. I had this validation. Jeez Louise, it was yeah. fantastic because I was finally able to, I, there have been so many times in my life where I thought maybe I'm just a little crazy, a little crazy because most people don't um, have deep, meaningful relationships with those on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can't wait to get there and like that's going to be great <laughs> and so I thought well if I'm a little goofy well then I'm just a little goofy that's okay uh it's not harmful I don't think to anyone and I might just be crazy if I really think that well again making these journeys with because I really truly believe the medicine has that beautiful gift to give us which is to stay in our bodies obviously but to have the ability to say you know what body you just rest a while i'm gonna let go for i'm a gonna bit. let go of you for a little while and also the ability to even say that to the mind yeah hey you know what mind do your thing you have been so freaking busy how about yeah you do whatever you need to do but i'd love it if you rested a while and then the real me the essence of myself uh we're gonna do whatever it is, the flow is going to have us do. Mm-hmm. So last this last week when I met with Dr. Shannon and uh, through the... Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, uh, by so, all means. Um, so tell the audience what you did first. Okay, so I... After our conversation, I did call the Wholeness Center, make an appointment with Dr. Shannon. We had a conversation uh, one day. I went back the next day and he... Because he agreed that... And I am... Uh, session would be worth exploring together so for the audience she's talking about i am means intramuscular intramuscular so ketamine in, intramuscular, injection exactly mm-hmm. and because so, this, this is completely legal treatment has been for many many years yes um if you find the right doctors uh, making sure if the audience is is interested in this don't just go to um an everyday ketamine clinic there are some bad apples out there that are pushing the medicine without um the proper um, psychotherapy uh, in place, which is why mm-hmm. Dr. Shannon had that pre-session with you. Mm-hmm. At a lot of these clinics, you can just sign a waiver, go in, get a treatment, and leave. I don't recommend that. No. I don't recommend that at all. Not at all. Anyone who's listening. So anyone who's listening, make sure that, yeah, like Shane's saying, that you do speak with a reputable psychotherapist and clinic who are ad- administering this stuff. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is I do have some previous experience with psychedelic medicine and so at least i had a inkling of mm-hmm. what i was doing number but not one, with that medicine in not particular. with that medicine yeah. in particular but also number two um the fact that uh he was in the room with me the entire time uh explained things to me monitored my blood pressure sat with me before and after uh and it, yeah i was very 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 regulated and given my experience as a meditator and a plant medicine user, um, it was still quite a ride. Yeah. So it, describe it. <laughs> describe it from start to finish because a lot of our audience doesn't even know what it looks like okay. to get, you know, an injection in a doctor's office, mm-hmm. what the protocol looks like, you know. And have an experience. Yeah. Let me let me preface by saying, too, that there are obviously reasons for the ketamine, right? Yeah. So... There's a reason to ask a doctor to help you with medicine. My reasons are around trauma and um, depression, anxiety, and in the past, suicidal ideation. That still rears its head, and not in a self-abuse way, 
not in a, I suck, I'm a horrible person, I should take myself off the earth, but simply in a, I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore, and I love myself enough to just be done. Those are the type of ideas that I need some help with, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's not a correct train of thought. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be in my best interest because the truth of it is I really am curious about the rest of my life, mm-hmm. whether it be a year from now. Yeah, the human experience. Or 30 years. Exactly. So the treasure. The tra- exactly. The trauma. It's the trauma, I feel, uh, that has uh, created a ceiling that is difficult for me to get through. Mm. And when I described that to Dr. Shannon, he agreed. That is trauma. Trauma will do that to the human brain. As we know, we get hardwire synapses from trauma and to rewire and, well, unwire and relearn and rewire stuff takes a process. And that's where, again, help mm-hmm. comes in. Yeah. Okay, so I go in, we visit. He has me sign my little paper and waiver and understand everything, which I did, and it was great. He said I would have music, which I had headset. He said I would have um, a blind uh, fold over my eye shade, yes, which I had taken my own (laughs) on both accounts, but he had them there, which was great, and uh, reclined back in a chair. I brought my own blanket. He covered me up and put a small injection in my right shoulder, and I put on the blinds and the headphones and within a few minutes I just took deep breath I just started meditating Mm -hmm. and I knew that he was there and um, within a few minutes I began to journey and what I mean by that is began to let the medicine give me the gift of letting my body and my mind rest Mm -hmm. and for me that looks like uh, truly resting not uh, fighting with anything breath or thoughts or anything it is a complete surrender so those of you who are listening and you don't like to surrender you might work on that in meditation maybe prior to some medicine assistance um yeah that that aspect of having it's a skill to be able to let go and surrender and it is a skill that's when we hear about you know what people refer to as bad trips is usually when people can't Mm. They can't let go. Mm-hmm. They're holding on or grasping to some piece of their humanity because it's so foreign mm-hmm. and they don't want to totally let go. But for those of us who have experienced the the ability to completely let go into mm-hmm. it intensifies in a good way. I don't mean like well, sometimes intensity, but mm-hmm. um, shows you a hundredfold more when you do let go. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's my experience as well with any any plant medicine is... The deeper the surrender, I guess the way I can put it is the, the more I surrender, and and uh, the visual, I know we're audio right here, but the visual is to open my arms wide, like I'm going to give you a hug. Mm-hmm. That's my surrender. Like I'm going to embrace you. Whatever I'm, you show. I'm letting it go. I'm mm-hmm. opening my arms and uh, allowing myself to literally uh, fall away. Mm-hmm. And so... Of course, that's frightening for those who are have trauma, have a number of things. But to to hold on, I can see how that would cause uh, difficulty. It just causes uh, internal resistance, mm-hmm. right? And it almost has its own energy. It's like yes. a buzzing, um, feels uncomfortable, feels like anxiety, mm-hmm. can turn into paranoia, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
I also help people get through those mm-hmm. experiences. Good. Um, but those experiences <clears throat> in particular, um, which it doesn't sound like you've ever had a bad one, which is good. Um, <laughs> but those ones, those I call them challenging experiences. They teach me the most about myself yes. when I have those. Yeah. So I'm very grateful when mm-hmm. they happen. I um, do. It did happen. Oh, it has happened. And it wasn't due to holding on. Mm-hmm. It, I don't honestly know what it was. It was during ayahuasca, mm-hmm. and it was a fourth. Uh, journey and grandmother grabbed me and mm-hmm. wouldn't let me go wow. <laughs> no matter how much I begged her good news is I was surrounded with an incredible support uh, circle mm-hmm. and they too grabbed me <laughs> and and journeyed me right through that and got me on the other side so and I walked I had huge takeaways mm-hmm. so it's like you said huge takeaways biggest lessons yeah. so yeah but the gift let me share with the listeners yeah. the gift of surrender <laughs> is one of the, he asked me before we started what in it, my intention for the session was. And I said, my intention is zero expectation and complete surrender. And I need to rest my mind. Mm-hmm. I want to know what this uh, medicine has as a gift. I'm all about gifts. Trust me. I love big old surprises <laughs> with a great big bow. And here they are. And so to, as many gifts as I can see while I'm out there. And I did. I remember as I was going into it and the medicine began to take over, meaning take away my physical form and my thought process, I noticed I was still breathing. I was aware of my breath because that's how I started. And what I said was, I don't want to breathe. I don't want to breathe anymore. It's too much effort. And so it happened. Poof. I was done breathing and I was transported to the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And my entire being was nothing but atmosphere. So there was no body. There were no lungs. There was no mind needing oxygen. It was simply I was oxygen. And so those, the best way I can describe it is the images that those wonderful astronauts send us from out of space looking at the earth Mm -hmm. and they're right on the edge and you can see um, the fine line of the atmosphere between the earth and it's blue and where it becomes space. Mm -hmm. That's where I was able to reside and rest. I was able to just literally curve. If if, If I still were a body, I was like the curve of the earth and I was nothing but pure oxygen and so being formless and thoughtless was so very nice once that process entered me and I was able to truly um, talk about existentialism that's what this whole process is for Mm -hmm. me there's no way to truly relay any of it except to say it's worth it to say I without I believe for me especially since January of 2017, I don't know that I would still be here without the help of some amazing humans who pointed me in the direction of the gifts from plant medicine. Mm. After I was atmosphere, um, I still didn't want to breathe. And mind you, the thing I learned from this medicine is I'm still present. I can still, if I choose to use my mind, I still can. I learned that. I didn't know I would be able to or not be able to. So once I was atmosphere and didn't have to breathe because I was pure oxygen, uh, I said, okay, what's next? And the next thing I know, I was taken to the bottom of the ocean into not blackness, but the most beautiful dark blue anyone's ever seen. And then I just became the color blue. 
I literally became the color blue. Mm -hmm. It was the most peaceful I've ever been in my entire life, being the color blue. Yeah, no human worries. No human worries, no past, no trauma, no fear, no bliss, no joy, no, but it was perfection. Just being. It was just being. Yeah. That's what I like more than anything about being a human. So when I come back, uh, the thing that I hold on to is what we're doing right now, which is being. Mm-hmm. Just truly being. Yeah. And you mentioned um, how ketamine, it, it made you feel formless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've experienced the same thing, and there's a really good reason for that. Um, you know, ketamine is a... Um, hypnotic disassociative Mm -hmm. and so what it does is it literally um, tricks your brain into thinking that your mind is separated from your body Mm -hmm. so it that's they use it in anesthesia too so Mm -hmm. it can paralyze the body or Mm -hmm. make it feel paralyzed Mm -hmm. I mean you can you can move if you really try right but if you lay still with intention to lay still Mm -hmm. you can't literally can't feel anything no and they could actually do surgery have a conversation so like any more uh, one of the, my concerns with cancer are the things going on in my lungs, uh, biopsy in my lungs. How do you do that? Ketamine's a way, yeah. right? So ketamine is, is definitely um, legal uses for medicine and Western mm-hmm. medicine. So, yeah, a person can have the ketamine, be conscious, use their mind to say, yes, you're poking me there. Or, yes, I can take a deep breath, like minimal things. Mm-hmm. But, yes, to leave the body, it, right. having that ability with the ketamine was fantastic sure. same experience with ayahuasca in the sense of um dis- associating from physical form yeah yeah um and so this idea of formlessness like um and the ketamine <clears throat> helps with that it helps us break through that ceiling of like i'm a human oh wait no i'm not no, a human. i'm not a human <laughs> and because now you can't feel anything human about mm-hmm. you when you let go of that breath you're you're not human anymore right. and right. so I think what it showed you is the truth about even our reality now sitting here that we are at our core at our at our essence we're formless mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but you also said you know the joys of being a human is that it allows us to embody form mm-hmm. in order to do things like to experience things oh and, my God. and like the formlessness of, <laughs> of our of our essence wants to feel mm-hmm. what it feels like to be human what mm-hmm. it feels like to have form mm-hmm. and so it creates that you know it's insane mm-hmm. so yes so that magic of waking up July 11th of 2018 from my last surgery and I'm literally in my body and I can tell you the way I knew that was literally just simply by opening my eyes everything I looked at looked different including my own body Mm -hmm. so um so leaving my body uh is awesome and when I return it's completely different than any other time because again I've I'm pretty sure I was about two. <laughs> I was two when I left my body. And so to come back in now, I truly am in awe. I am in love with my body, with myself, with my mind. I am overjoyed with how amazing and miraculous my body is with everything that it, I have been through <laughs> in 49 years. Um, I look at my skin and I cry because it's so beautiful and I had no idea 
mm-hmm. it's because I wasn't there. And again, it wasn't because I hated myself or didn't want to be. I didn't know present. how. You weren't present in your body to experience it. I wasn't. Even though <coughs> I, like I said, desperately wanted to be sure. for a long, long time. Hence, you know, again, almost 30 years of meditation to understand myself mm-hmm. and to love myself and to be in my body. I didn't know what it would take. These medicines have also done that for me and, and helped me be more in my body, mm-hmm. you know, and appreciate it for what a magnificent machine this oh. is that we're in. And <laughs> yes. uh, I mean, I still have some vices that I'm always, I'm still trying to work on, you know, to mm-hmm. improve. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like when I come back from those journeys, like particularly like the ayahuasca one for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. Um, I had this particular experience where I was zoomed into my own body, like the size of a molecule. Mm-hmm. And I was just hanging out, like, in my body cavity, in the mm-hmm. main cavity, mm-hmm. and just watching, just seeing what, what's going on. Uh-huh. And I could see all these separate systems within my body as, like, mini communities, like, working together and, like, doing what they do. <laughs> yes. But then there's also um, cells and stuff that are communicators between communities. So, mm. so I got to watch these individual systems working within their own communities, but also a larger collective system working together for a common... Um, common goal you know almost like uh like those fish who plug onto whales or eat the barnacles off right they they have a symbiotic relationship with each other even though they're separate but they're still together they're stronger together Mm -hmm. and so i got to see this these processes happening in my body and then when i came back out of the experience i brought that with me and i could remember you know the the importance and and all the life that's going on inside of me mm-hmm. this isn't just Shane Lamaster sitting in front of you right. this is billions and billions of microorganisms and mm-hmm. bacteria all with their probably their own form of consciousness or intelligence mm-hmm. doing something and and mm-hmm. uh, my consciousness is embodying this l- multi-layered living flesh suit yes and the other thing i found cuz ditto and i found remnants of parts of me that aren't even me there's history in me like ancestral history absolutely yeah yeah yeah. absolutely i found those pieces in my mind i found them in my heart and um in my lungs i don't know where else they are but they're there Mm -hmm. but those are three places my brain my heart and my lungs that have major overhaul happening happened and probably still happening every time i journey with medicine and what i can tell you is I have had, you talk about healing ourselves. That's how we started, mm-hmm. like we can heal ourselves. And yes, the government and pharmaceutical companies don't want us to know that. Although I would say most of them don't even realize we can. Yeah, they probably don't know <laughs> it. They don't, they don't it. even realize the, the mm-hmm. gravity of what we actually can accomplish should we choose as an individual human being. But the migraines I had prior to medicine, don't have them, not like that. Mm-hmm. Tachycardia, it's a measurable change. I had tar- tachycardia before plant medicine. I don't have it anymore. I healed my heart. And mm-hmm. I did that on purpose during a plant session. Mm-hmm. I knew I was having heart trouble and I didn't want to go down that road. I healed it. And my last appointment, my heart's better. Nice. So we can do a hell of a lot. Have I healed my cancer? I don't know. I've not spent a terrible amount of time with it because I'm not concerned about it. Mm-hmm. To me, cancer showed up for a number of reasons. We can talk about them another time. Primarily, what I am experiencing today has to do with space and time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I recommended this book to you once. Uh, it's one of my favorites of all time called The Intention Experiment. Did I recommend that to you? I think you did. Yeah. Um, so for any of our listeners, oh, yep. go out. Uh, it's a book by Lynn McTaggart called mm-hmm. The Intention Experiment. And in it, um, there's a particular chapter on spontaneous remission and being able to heal yourself with the power of the mind. And mm-hmm. she cites countless studies done with, with people who are terminally ill, who maintain positive mindset versus mm-hmm. negative mindset and the positive mindset people's uh illness just vanishes mm-hmm. overnight and mm-hmm. they don't know why mm-hmm. but that's the only difference um and being able to you know i teach a lot of my clients specific visualization exercises to be able you know if they know that they have um you know lung cancer or mm-hmm. something like i'll teach them a visualization of you know visualize yourself as uh, a cell just hanging out in the lungs mm-hmm. and i want you to look at the damage done and now I want you to look at and and watch the white blood cells coming in and flushing out that system and breaking it and chipping it off with pickaxes almost like it's a cartoon right happening in front of you right. and then you know what happens is that we this mental control over our body will stimulate white blood cell growth or white white blood cell prol- proliferation and guide it towards these areas and so this woman she cites all these studies and and it's just great to be able to show to people and say hey you know these this looks like magic mm-hmm. but there's science behind there it science. look at the science behind it and if any readers would like a shortcut to <clears throat> Lynn McTaggart's process read her new book that just came out 3 months ago it's and called it's The Power it. of 8 nice i have read most of it it is phenomenal and so what she does is she takes the uh, the intention experiment and she consolidates it into just a couple of chapters <laughs> so that mm-hmm. you can catch up real quick and then read the rest of her story about where she is in her research and what's been proven since nice and it's I'm phenomenal have to get that. oh honey you want to get it yeah. it's great she is uh I like her style for one one reason that's important to me is because she's not even a believer. Like she's, I love researchers she's who so don't skeptical. believe. Yeah. Yes, I love her. Uh, Brene Brown, same thing. Mm-hmm. She's a researcher in the human mind. Yeah. She believes nothing. Yeah, she went but in then, to disprove it. Yeah, like, she goes into yeah, damn it. So she, yeah, so Lynn McTaggart, Brene Brown, those people who will go out to prove somebody wrong and turn out proven us right Mm -hmm. and they love it they love it i love it i love them for doing it and um and it's all true and so even my doctors to look at me so do i walk into my western medicine oncology doctor and tell her what i've specifically been doing to treat my cancer no i do not i do not want to be in any sort of trouble with the government or any of that Mm -hmm. um so common sense is important common sense is important (laughs) if she were to say to me can we go to coffee and you'll tell me, of course I would do that, (laughs) but I'm not going to do it on the record. I'll do it on the record here because I do believe in the power to heal ourselves. I believe in the power to heal ourselves in absolutely every area. Mm -hmm. And everybody has their own journey with that. So even if it's not plant medicine, decide what it is for you. Right. And believe you can do it. And then believe you can do it. Once you believe that you can do it, Mm -hmm. that's when things start happening. If you believe that you could drink hot cocoa three times a day and live a perfect life from here till the day you die, do it. Mm -hmm. Because if you believe it, it'll happen. Mm -hmm. Three cups of cocoa a day will solve all your problems. If you believe that, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter what you believe is my point of the cocoa story, right? The point is that you 
have an idea of what it is. And if you don't even know what it is, that's okay too. Keep Just knock on doors. That's what I call it. Knock on doors. Mm-hmm. Knock on a door and you go, hey, maybe this is it. I've always told people it doesn't matter what your path is as long as you have a path. So meaning yeah, find a path, if you just create find, a path, create a path. Yeah. If you can't find one, create one. Yeah. Absolutely. That like, is so important for, for mental health too. Mm-hmm. You know, having meaning and purpose to mm-hmm. reduce depression, anxiety, all those things. Yeah. Gotta have purpose. Yeah. And the other thing that feels, of course, like to me, the cherry on top. Which I'm calling it at this point, not even really the cherry on top. I'm getting to the point of this is actually the like the ice cream cone, <laughs> and that is those who you can be transparent with and truly connect with in your truth. So to sit here and talk with you mm-hmm. about my truth and to feel heard, to feel seen, witnessed, and you go, yeah, me too, sister. Like this is part of my journey. Mm-hmm. Is amazing me sitting here and talking about this with someone who has no desire for spiritual growth or physical healing or emotional well-being etc etc like if they don't have any desire to do something that will cultivate more in them it's not very yummy conversation (laughs) yeah they might just get up and go you know what i'm gonna go on outside and go for a walk because you're boring because I don't have any connection to what you're saying. So my point is obviously who's your tribe. And so when you mentioned there, Fort Collins being a hub and, you know, reaching out and finding those places in which you feel at home on your journey and that it's important. Yeah. And that's part of my hope with this podcast too, is that, you know, maybe people will listen to it who don't have a tribe Mm -hmm. and this can be their tribe. Mm -hmm. You know, there are, other people out there who are listening to these things and you know i hear the phrase finding the others you Mm -hmm. have to find the others who who believe Mm -hmm. the same because there's so many that don't Mm -hmm. um there's one little thing i wanted to ask you about uh, to make sure that we get to um because we both have a significant journey with sobriety Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and both got sober through the 12-step program through Mm -hmm. aa you know, um, I know for me, I, when I was going through the rooms, you know, if I would have mentioned anything about, um, plant medicine work or anything like that, even smoking pot Mm -hmm. in there back in the day before Mm -hmm. it was legal, Mm -hmm. you'd be shunned, you'd be kicked Mm -hmm. out. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd feel, they, you were made to feel unwelcome Mm -hmm. in in sobriety. Mm -hmm. Um, but now, you know, I still call myself sober, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm not, I, you know, when people ask and I do addictions work. So when people ask, I'm nine and a half years sober, mm-hmm. I haven't touched a drop of alcohol in nine and a half years. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my problem. You know, that was my drug, uh, that and, and stimulants were, were my biggest issues. Um, opiates as well. I had my bout with those two. Um, but psychedelics, not so much. They're not even addictive mm-hmm. drugs. Um, so now, you know, we find ourselves in this in this weird place where we're sober, but we're still using drugs um, to facilitate positive spiritual growth, right? Um, and I know you and I probably fall on the same side of the spectrum, but there's a lot of people out there who would be like, "Well, that's a false sobriety, or that's mm-hmm. like that's not real. You don't have any time, you know." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I understand where they come from, and I almost feel sad. You know, I feel sad like you guys are so close-minded. I I will respect your journey along the way. Why can't you respect mine? Um, 
you know, I've overcome my biggest demons with substances. And now I've learned, I've, I've changed the story. Like you said, I've changed the story. I've changed my relationship with substances to the point now where I use them for spiritual growth rather than to escape from whatever it is in life that I was escaping from. So how do you sit with that? The drugs you and I are talking about using aren't to escape. Mm-hmm. They're actually to be more present. To go deeper. To go deeper. Yeah. To turn towards they're to, the. They're fear. to get here, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not get away from here. Exactly. Yeah, and um, I too feel sadness for those who don't have their mind open to endless possibilities, and I feel that way because I was one of them. I had a very small mind when it came to all of this. Mm-hmm. And the only reason was because of ignorance. And I believe that ignorance is pre- prevalent, which, you know, yay for doing the <laughs> podcast and everything else. And that's why I don't mind, you know, not being an anonymous conversation person because I want to be someone that people could reach out to. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's about a lack of awareness and education in plant medicine. And absolutely, the people who have addiction problems have to be careful with anything. And um, that's how I look at it, life, period. Anybody could have too much sugar, too much sex, too much caffeine if those things don't work for them (laughs) in a healthy way. A person can have 15 orgasms a day, and it's healthy for them, and it's not healthy for someone else, right? (laughs) So same way with anything else. And... um, the way I look at it, honestly, is my truth is my truth. And the most important thing of a per- to a person has to be that they walk their authenticity, mm, right? That's their, such authentic, a good mantra. their authentic path. That's such a good mantra, I think, to, to repeat. You know, I, I hear so many times from my clients, you know, and I, I'm guilty of it too, but um, focusing too much on the judgment of other people and what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we act in a way that's inauthentic, mm-hmm. um, which is not our truth, mm-hmm. right? And if we're to live more fully and more authentically into our humanness, I think that's a great mantra to say, my truth is my truth. Mm-hmm. It's not your truth, it's my truth. Mm-hmm. And to own it, mm-hmm. to own the good and the bad. Right. This is me, you know, screw you if you don't understand, right. you know? And I feel like if we could do that... If we could do that in general, there probably wouldn't be addiction issues, right? Probably, yeah. Like you get if, so much more agency over yourself. Totally. So to not only when a when a I think when a person does that, I know for me, I'll speak for myself. So when I when I know myself, really know thyself, right? Go in there and know what the heck, all of it, the good, the bad, the warts, the farts, mm-hmm. <laughs> the flower petals, <laughs> mm-hmm. the hearts and roses, like all of it, and just say, yep. That's me. I trip, stall, fall, got plenty of scars on my knees. Um, and I also have made people's lives better in lots of ways. So it's the full spectrum. And I pretty much don't know a human who hasn't had mm-hmm. all of the full spectrum. If you haven't, maybe get out and live a little. Um, point is to just accept all those pieces. And the pieces that are harmful, just be gentle. And just say, oh, honey, don't do that anymore. And move on. That's what I'm able to finally do. That's the other thing that plant medicine has given me, the gift of 
no more abuse, no and more self -compassion. harm. Self-compassion. Oh my God, self-compassion. Yeah. There's no more, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, that's inadequate to society standards. Which, who the heck even totally. wrote those rules? It like shatters that whole conditioning, Kapoof. that mold, the, the neural pathways that are formed and, and conditioned by society. Mm -hmm. Those psychedelics shatter all mm -hmm. that, you know? Well, just a good meditation practice can shatter oh, all yeah, that. A person sure. doesn't even need to have medicine if they don't want to. Burn some incense, light a candle, and zen the hell out. Figure out how to meditate. And if that means a moving meditation. I've had so many people have taught meditation also for years and years. And people have said, oh, I'm not even going to sit with you because I can't sit for five minutes. Yep. And I'll say, then sit for four Right? Start somewhere. The only failure in meditation is to put it down and never pick it back up. Yep. Right? That's the only failure. That's what my teacher taught me. And so to pick it back up and to go within. How much time does a person spend every single day thinking about someone else? If a person were just to take a time out in their day and think about that, between their family life, their um, work life, and their social life, how much time of your day are you spending thinking about someone else? A lot of mental energy. A lot of mental energy. If you will take four minutes, if you can't sit for five, and think about yourself. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times folks equate that to a, some sort of a self-centered behavior. Right, like a selfish Or a selfishness. Mm -hmm. And when the truth is, if you don't know who you are, who are you taking out into the world? Wow. I know for me, I was taking myself out into the world, not myself, mm -hmm. for too long. And a lot of luckiness happened as a result. And what I decided is, that sucks. I don't want to not be me. I'm pretty cool, actually. And yeah, I've made a lot of errors. Well, that's okay. Let's try again. Mm -hmm. So anyway... That's the main thing, is know yourself and then take yourself out into the world. Yeah. That's, I guess, the biggest gift of self-awareness and mind conversations yeah. has to give. I think, um, yeah, if the audience can start asking themselves that question, who am I taking out into the world every day? Mm -hmm. And is that really me? Is that really me? That's a good starting point for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and if you, if you guys are out there and you want to start meditation, just go on YouTube and literally type in meditation... 10 minutes, meditation, five minutes. It will populate with 500,000 yes. different videos. Um, so I want to thank you, Simone, for being on. This was, Thanks for having this me. This was a true pleasure. Um, <clears throat> I want to remind everybody uh, that we're sponsored by uh, mindops.com. So make sure you go to mindops.com. That's M-I-N-D hyphen O-P-S.com. Also check out our YouTube page. Um, I've uploaded maybe 15 or so um, um, videos where I break down specific concepts that we go over in some of these podcasts in greater detail. So if you're interested in some of these concepts, uh, I've broken some of them down on our YouTube page. Again, please like and share. Donate if you like, um, but your listenership is um, the biggest way to support us, so please continue to listen. Um, Simone, I want to, uh, again, thank you for coming, and I want uh, to give you an opportunity to share with the audience, if, if you do want uh, people to reach out to you, how can they do so um, how would, how would somebody get in contact with you if they had questions about you or your journey and, you know? Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not a big social media person. You could ask Shane for okay. my contact info, and I'm happy to have him give it to you. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, which I'm rarely on, but <laughs> if you sent a message on Facebook, I would reply to you. Um, 
and heck, I'll just check my Facebook <laughs> occasionally. Uh, that's about it. Okay, so they search for Simone Shepard? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, again, this is Shane Lamaster signing out with Conversations with the Mind. Thank you for being here with us today, and we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>